if a person with a disability wants to pursue employment and the salaries are too high, basically they'll lose their Medi-Cal, their in-home services and supports, their long-term cares. 911, what's your emergency? America's healthcare system is broken and people are dying. Welcome to Code Whack, where we shine a light on America's callous healthcare system, how it hurts us, and what we can do about it. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. This time on Code Whack. What policy solutions are needed to better help those with disabilities get and keep quality health care? And which policies might be harmful? What would a Medicare for All system mean to this community? To find out, we spoke to Angela Gardner, a disability rights advocate who lives in the Los Angeles area. Angela is also a board member of Healthy California Now, representing Hand in Hand, which fights for access to home care and disability justice, among other things. Welcome back to Code WEC, Angela. Last time, we spoke about the challenges those with disabilities face when it comes to accessing and keeping quality health care. What legislative or policy solutions do you think we need to better help this community? Currently, there's a bill in Congress called the Home and Community-Based Services Act that was introduced, I think, in March, and that would increase Medicaid funding for long-term services and support, provide states with resources for care workers and caregivers to have more training, support, stable quality jobs with a living wage. Medicare for All also, because it would provide access to health care, especially vision, dental, and mental health, which is much more difficult to access. And they do not have to worry about the income cap and the income limits to prevent them from getting jobs for higher wages. They'll get to live independently in the community, getting the care at home that they need. Medicare for All would benefit, you know, people with disabilities the same as non-disabled people as far as getting access to health care that they're not currently getting um, or that's difficult to get. Right. And most Medicare for all bills, not all, would also fund long term care. What would that mean for people with disabilities to have coverage of long term care? They would be able to live independently in the community. Families will not have the stress of trying to work and provide an income uh, for themselves and their family and take care of a loved one. It would benefit them financially as well. And people with disabilities can, you know, pursue employment. They don't have to worry about if they make too much money, you know, will they be able to have health care? As you said earlier, people are choosing between healthcare and employment. Is that what you said? Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Why do they have to make that choice? The Medi-Cal cap, income cap. So if a person with a disability wants to pursue employment and the salaries are too high, basically they'll lose their Medi-Cal, their in-home services and supports, their long-term care services and supports, they could lose that. And how would having single-payer healthcare system, Medicare for All, change your life personally as someone who has autism and learning disabilities? I know I don't have to worry about having health care because I myself had been without health care for many, many years. It wasn't until the Affordable Care Act that had a provision for adults with disabilities with no children that I was able to get Medicaid. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So how did that change your life, finally getting health care after years and years? of? I didn't have to worry about it. Right. And what was that like for you to go for so long without having health care? It was stressful. You know, it was really hard. 
And so it was a big relief to be able to have health care. I mean, did you ever get sick and think, oh, I can't afford this. I, I won't go to the doctor. I won't go to the hospital when you didn't have health care. Yeah, when I didn't have health care, I had some undiagnosed medical conditions and I had to go to have surgery. And how did you end up paying for the surgery? Well, L.A. County, I went to the public hospital, so they had assistance for people to help pay for their health care. Did you incur any debt because of that a surgery? No, because Great. I was unemployed. Okay, got it. So they were able to pay for it like through charity care? The public hospital had funding to help with patients that were unemployed and didn't have access to health care, to pay for health care, yeah. Okay, got it. So I'm curious, when you had the undiagnosed medical conditions, did that prevent you from seeing a doctor at first? Were you like reluctant to go get care because you didn't have insurance? Yeah, I didn't know where to get health care. Yeah, yeah. So what was that like for you? It was hard, you know, because the health care system is hard to navigate. So, you know, I didn't know where to go. And then ultimately, how did you decide to go to the county hospital and figure out that, oh, they can pay for this? It's funny, I saw something that the state of California had a program for people that weren't insured, and um, I called, and they referred me to a clinic, you know, where I live, and then the clinic, once they did the exam and they found some things they were concerned about, they referred me to uh, the county hospital. Was this like a state-funded clinic or a federally-funded clinic? It was a state-funded clinic. So what else would you like to tell us, Angela? Well, I think healthcare is essential for all of us. And um, I would like to see everyone get covered, everyone have healthcare and the supports and services that they need. Where does that leave the com communities with disabilities? Well, there's another thing I didn't talk about, and that is the care court, the state law that um, was passed by Governor Newsom where homeless individuals with mental health care issues um, can be uh, put into, uh, give, put, you know, taken to court and possibly be put in conservatorships and institutionalized care, and they don't have the ability to make their own decision. And um, the Disability Rights California tried to um, go to court and block this bill from getting enacted, but they were not successful. You know, that's another issue, um, you know, that uh, for homeless individuals with uh, disabling mental health conditions um, are dealing with, and that's because there's not access to community-based health care, uh, mental health care, and as, uh, besides housing and, you know, other social services that they may need to, you know, be able to, um, you know, live in the community again, live in housing and in the community again. Wow. And why is this so concerning, this bill? Because people with disabilities don't have the right to make their own choices and decisions. If you are in an emergency or in a mental health state of crisis, you cannot make decisions for yourself until, you know, you get stabilized and get treatment. And so a lot of decisions are being made by the court system 
is getting the court system and the legal system involved in making decisions for individuals with disabilities instead of people with disabilities being able to make decisions about what's best for their own care and get access to treatment. So what's the solution, do you think? Mm, what people have been saying is um, access to more, again, um, community-based health care at the local level, the county level, the city level, you know, making sure, because those programs, even if you go through the court system, there's a shortage. There's a shortage of facilities, there's a shortage of beds, there's a shortage of treatment providers. So that problem still isn't being addressed. And that needs to be addressed first, making sure that people have access to treatment, have access to care, and have access to the other supports and services that they need, the other social services, um, whether it's help getting Medicaid, getting um, Social Security, getting housing, legal assistance, you know, those things need to be addressed first instead of putting people through the court system and the legal system. And I know in, in L.A. County in particular, there's been a coalition, you know, they fought in this budget session with the Board of Supervisors for a care first policy, you know, where those kind of, you know, what I just said, those kinds of things are prioritized. Um, but I don't know how far that has gotten. Um, but yeah, there are more and more advocates that are focusing on a care first policy uh, to help people uh, with disabilities, especially the unhoused and the extremely, extremely poor, extreme poverty, living in extreme poverty, because that is extreme poverty, being homeless and unhoused. Did you want to say anything real quick about kind of the lack of um, access to mental health care right now? Well, I had that issue too um, until the Affordable Care Act. I couldn't get mental health care, appropriate mental health care for over 10 years. So, yeah you know, over 10 years or more, um, I couldn't get, maybe longer than that, I couldn't get access to health care. Um, but again, there's still shortages. I mean, I think there was a push in the state of California to prioritize investing in mental health, even though it's not where it needs to be, but those federal, that federal funding definitely helped. Um, but again, there's, you know, our elected officials haven't prioritized um, getting, you know, care for, uh, you know, investing in mental health care, public health. And even with COVID, you know, um, public, we realized that our public health care system was not equipped to meet, to meet the needs of the people. Mm -hmm. Would you say that one of the main challenges is that there's a lack of psychiatrists and psychologists right now, that there's a shortage? Um, I have heard that, yes. Um, and the state recently, um, there were peer support counselors and now the state is putting the, the Department of Healthcare Services put in a rule recently where, cause the peer support specialists were kind of filling in the gaps for the shortage of other, you know, uh, mental health professionals. But now in order for programs to get funding, they need to prioritize those other providers over the peer support specialist. So, and that's really causing a lot of concern because, you know, um, what if a nonprofit provider of mental health care can't find those providers and they're not allowed to hire a peer support specialist to help people that, that need it? So, you know, that's another 
you know, kind of complication in getting mental health care. And when you said that you had trouble for 10 years, is that because you were uninsured? Part of it, yes. Yeah. And what was the other part? You know, when I did have health care under my parents, it wasn't the best. And to this day, this healthcare organization still doesn't provide the services and supports in mental health care because they've been having the workers have been striking forever to try to push this healthcare organization to provide those services. So they're still not providing, you know, adequate services um, in mental health. What kind of organization is it? Kaiser. Thank you, Angela Gardner. Do you have a personal story you'd like to share about our WAC healthcare system? Contact us through our website at heal-ca.org. Find more Code WAC episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on Nurse Talk Media. And make sure to subscribe to Code WAC wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.